Hello and welcome to another episode of the Line Trust Multi-Asset Podcast. I'm James Smith and with me, as always, is our head of multi-asset, John Hosselby. Hi there, John. Hiya. John, as, ever, as anyone who, who knows you or has been to one of your presentations over the years will know, you, uh, you never miss an opportunity to, uh, to get some kind of sporting element into your, uh, into your investment conversation. Uh, at the minute, we've taken the opportunity uh, with the Cricket World Cup going on. England, obviously, in, in the final against New Zealand on, um, on Sunday. First time for 27 years. Apparently so. And uh, Lion Trust also has a, a partnership with, with Durham. So cricket's, cricket's at the forefront of the minds at the moment. So we've been uh, including a, a cricket element in, our, in, your, in your presentations and your, in your material at the moment. Just trying to draw out some similarities you see between between cricket, the game of cricket and, and investment. Um, the way we've been structuring it as a, as a as six delivery, six, six similarities. So over the course of this podcast, I'll, I'll bowl those down to you and you can either play them back with a straight bat or hopefully knock them out of the, uh, knock them out of the ground. Oh, Gary Sober style. We'll see. Um, so uh, the first, the first ball, the first, uh, the first point we've been talking about is the, the heavy use of jargon across the worlds of cricket and investment. Um, one of the uh, key roles as a multi-asset manager is deciphering this jargon for clients. Could, could you could you talk through kind of what you what you see as uh, our role in in that jargon busting capacity? Yeah, sure. I mean, this sprung to mind with the the classic tea towel that you see being sold of how to explain cricket to the uh, to the foreigner, um, and by the time you've uh, uh, by the time you've read through that, you're, you're none the wiser about cricket. And it just strikes me that if you pick up a prospectus uh, for any fund, uh, you know, you're probably left just as confused after that as well. Um, the one we picked upon for our presentation purposes was global bond funds, where we talked about derivatives and uh, um, debts, different types of you know, LIBOR, all those sorts of classic jargon that we have uh, in this industry. But the point we were making is, what does a bond fund do? And uh, I think the bond, bond funds do four things in your portfolio. First of all, they provide income. Uh, the second thing they do is to provide you with uh, capital preservation. In some cases, thirdly, uh, they provide you with uh, inflation protection. But I think at the end of the day, the fourth uh, characteristic, the one of providing diversification to equities is the most important. Nowhere there have I said that uh, bonds are there to provide you with capital gains because that's not what they're in their portfolio for. You know What drives capital gains over the period of time? What drives the capital growth in your portfolio? Well, you rely upon equities and bonds are there to diversify. Okay, so yeah, like you say, this, this, that jargon busting is, is, a key, is a key part of our role. So uh, second ball, um, we, we looked at the, the different forms of cricket and the... Uh, the types of batsmen that tend to, to, to thrive in those, to find a... Um, the, the common thread we've drawn there is the relationship between risk and, and reward when it comes to, uh, to investing. So could you talk through... I mean, where, the way we've done it is look at the, the different forms of cricket and perhaps how that translates across to investing. How have you, um, how, how have you drawn that similarity? Yes, as you said, we looked at the different forms of cricket, starting with, uh, uh, obviously, the test match over five days. Uh, then the one day, um, typically 50 overs, which is what the Cricket World Cup has been played. And of course, the shortest form of cricket uh, being the, uh, the T20, 20 overs aside. We then looked at uh, those batsmen in international play 
who had uh, scored uh, the greatest number of runs. So, you know, uh, I should think many people will remember Brian Laurel's 400 not out against England, albeit, uh, uh, you know, 15 years ago in 2004. Uh, then we had Rohit Sharma with his 264 in the uh, uh, 50 day format, one day cricket. Uh, and uh, then Aaron Finch, who's obviously been captaining the Australia side, uh, scoring 172 uh, in, um, in, a, in a T20 match. The important thing there is the run rate. Um, of course, you know, uh, limited time, um, you're going to be a bit more aggressive with your style. So the run rates go from 3.5 to 5.8 to 7.5 as you move from five days uh, through to the, uh, uh, the shorter form of cricket. And that just basically, I suppose, coincides with our point on suitability. No one size fits all uh, in that respect. And, uh, you know, we're running portfolios, as you know, from, from 1 to 10, from low risk to medium risk to high risk. Uh, and I think the analogy between uh, the batsman uh, and uh, target risk portfolios is, is certainly there. So it's about taking the amount of risk that's relevant yeah, for the and, and your yeah. batting style as well I mean yeah. I suppose we would describe our batting style as very much thinking about the downside before we think about the upside um, so we're the, we're the boycott of uh, multi, the multi-asset world are we that sounds a bit dull doesn't it right. hey well, that's what we want to be don't we we want to be dull and we want to be uh, a core uh, proposition and no surprises at night so yeah boycott uh, I suppose is what we will be okay um, our, our third um, our third ball, our third similarity uh, focus on diversification. And here we've uh, we've looked at the, uh, a couple of areas, both style in terms of bowling and uh, geography in terms of how teams prepare for different kind of pitches. Can you uh, can you talk us through there? Talk us through there how some again what you've what you've drawn from cricket and how you've translated it across to investing. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, when it comes to bowling, uh, you either rely on the speed of the ball or the spin on the ball. Um, so, you know, uh, if you rely more on spin, then it, it tends to be those spin bowlers, slow bowlers. We rely more on uh, speed, then it's the fast bowlers. And then, as you know, you know, swing bowlers tend to be the sort of uh, the medium pace type uh, bowlers, which, um, you know, is more often seen uh, in, in England and English cricket so, than perhaps anywhere else. And you know, clearly when you're selecting a side, when the England selectors put a, put a team together, uh, they want to get a, a mix of bowlers. Um, they might want to tilt. In other words, the wicket might suit one style of bowling over another. Uh, but uh, clearly you're typically looking to diversify. And that's what we're doing within the portfolios. And diversification for us will be diversification by investment style, if we're going to use uh, the analogy of the bowlers. So value versus growth, large cap versus small cap. We will have both of them in our side, in our portfolio, and then we will tilt, uh, tilt towards and favour uh, market conditions. For us, that tilting in terms of market conditions is all based around where we can find the cheaper assets uh, and avoid the more expensive ones. So for a period of time now, uh, 18 months or more, uh, we've had a, a tilt towards value, 60-40. Once again, uh, staying with that sort of core proposition that we like to uh, manage. Okay, great. Um, our, our next ball, number four in this uh, in this particular over, looks at the the most common ways of getting out. Um, some of the data we pulled, looking back over 100 years of Test cricket, showed that the most common way of uh, batsmen getting out, 41%, comes from being caught in the field. Um, please excuse the pun here, but John, what, what do you think might catch catch us out in in terms of uh, macro and and other things in in 2019? What are the uh, 
what are you trying to avoid? How are you trying to avoid getting out? Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, 41% for the fielder and a further 16% caught behind by the wicketkeeper. So almost 60% of the time, uh, batsmen get caught out in the field. Yeah, what could catch us out in terms of investment? Then I think we go back to the, you know, the three R's. Um, basically, interest rates, so uh, uh, rates in terms of uh, central banks. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've moved... Uh, from a fourth quarter last year of being very hawkish uh, to now being very dovish. And it was only in the last few days that uh, Jerome Powell, governor of the uh, Federal Reserve, chairman of, uh, has given one of the biggest hints that there will be a rate cut uh, this month coming up uh, and most likely to be one uh, in September. There's no meeting in August. Uh, The the second R is all around uh, recession and uh, I suppose there is the fear of recession. You know, we were globally synchronized growth. We had global synchronized economic growth. Uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, perhaps at the moment we've almost got global synchronized, uh, uh, you know, declines in, in the in the economy. And so there are fears around that. Although, you know, not for now. But you know, my view is that perhaps the bond markets are perhaps measuring something different and. Really, you know, are, are the bond markets uh, still a good indicator? There, there may be other better indicators, manufacturing data, perhaps for um, predicting the next recession. But you know, still something to to keep an eye on uh, across the dashboard of stuff. Uh, and the last one is uh, the sort of resolution of stuff, and that that really centres around trade wars. You know, we can talk about Brexit. Uh, you can talk about you know what's going on in terms of Iran at the moment and various other geopolitical risks. But as we've seen, you know, when things look more favourable on the US-China talks, uh, then the markets tend tend to react to that. And I think we're at a stage in the market, perhaps, where politics and geopolitics uh, uh, are really uh, having weighing down quite a heavy sentiment on markets. Um, so not necessarily affecting the fundamentals as yet, but those sentiments can drive through and affect those fundamentals in the end. If, if we don't get some sort of satisfactory sort of agreement moving out from here. Okay. Um, our, our, fifth, our fifth similarity, our, f- our fifth delivery, um, builds on some of the comments you've already made, talks about team selection. Um, our, our analogy here is, is just important. It's just as important when, uh, when you're selecting a portfolio of funds to make, it, to make sure you cover off all your bases as it is when you're putting together a squad for a World Cup or a test series. John, what's again? What's your uh, what, what, what's what's the translation across from cricket to, to to fund management there? Yeah, I mean, one thing that uh, I suppose cricket and investment sharing common is a bag load of uh, stats, and uh, you know, and uh, Paul and I being the team selectors in terms of running the uh, uh, target risk portfolios um, for you know the model portfolio service and the wealth solution service then our consideration is to look at the numbers. So, you know, obviously that is the, the quantitative side of things. You know, we look at returns um, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Uh, then we do returns-based style analysis, looking at regression analysis well, based upon the work of William Sharp. Uh, and then we bring in the portfolios as well, have a look at the underlying portfolios, um, meeting the managers on a regular on a regular basis. I suppose the selectors would go and watch the managers or watch the players, I should say, uh, in the case of uh, selecting the England squad. So very similar in that respect. Uh, it's a process that uh, you know, is, is ongoing and continue. 
the most important thing, uh, a bit like building a cricket team, is to get a balance. So, you know, uh, bowlers, batsmen, uh, an all-rounders and a wicketkeeper. And for us, is to get a balance by asset class, by geography, and most important for us, uh, by investment style as well. And I was, I was, I was going, our sixth, our sixth ball kind of leads on from that. Obviously, uh, cricket is a is a massively data-driven game. There's a huge amount of more than a hundred years of statistics that people can pour over in the, in the in the various wisdom almanacs. Um, the risk risk monitoring and performance monitoring is a big part of 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 what you do. And I we've, we've talked in previous podcasts and in 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 blogs etc about the importance of consistency of, of process being a an absolutely central part in, in what you're looking for. What do you think is the key um, the key point to to draw across there? Yeah, I mean, you know, we refer to often refer to our process as winning, winning by not losing, uh, and uh, in doing so, you know, uh, reviewing not only the underlying performance of uh, our portfolios and our managers, but also reviewing uh, essentially the um, uh, the risk and the risk profiles as well. Now, uh, that's something that uh, is done for us by performance measurement. It's also there's oversight internally as well. We have. Uh, we don't have a house style at Lion Trust. Uh, we have eight investment teams which have their uh, own investment process, which is written down, and then that is basically regularly reviewed and on a monthly basis by uh, what is known as the uh, PRC, uh, which is a risk committee headed by our head of risk, uh, who will basically look to make sure uh, what that process uh, says and what the numbers are to make sure they have a, a match on on, uh, on a regular basis. We're also using, of course, you know things uh, such as uh, uh, some of the dynamic planner and uh, de facto and other tools out there, which also uh, uh, assess us on a regular basis to make sure that in terms of suitability, uh, here I mean of sort of risk profile, that we remain in those corridors of, of risk. Okay, we're, we're, uh, we'd never like to be said we leave people uh, wanting more, so we've, uh, we've, we've got a no-ball delivery here. We've got an extra. Um, and the last point we, we've been talking about is the, uh, the, impo- the importance of partnerships when it comes to cricket and when also when it comes to investing. Uh, and beyond the, the partnerships we look to form with, our, with, with, with advisors, um, it's also important, kind of echoing that diversification point again, to find the right partnerships in terms of fund selection. I know you've got some specific examples that you, you, you like to use, John. Can you just um, maybe finish off talking about, again, it's, it's that point of blending managers and finding the right partnerships in your, in your portfolio? Yeah, I mean, once again, this, will, this came to, to us when we thought about partnerships in cricket and uh, we had a discussion around you know, our favourite partnerships, particularly um, amongst, the, you know, uh, amongst the England teams of, uh, of, uh, of old. You know whether it's sort of Atherton or Gooch, perhaps, or Atherton or Stewart, and you know, and so they all go on. You know, in terms of uh, those great partnerships for, between English players. But partnerships for us means blending uh, funds and fund managers. So the classic example we've been using to demonstrate that similarity uh, has been uh, Fidelity Special Sits, run by Alex Wright, and uh, the Linzel Train Fund, uh, obviously uh, run by by Nick Train. Um, when we're looking to blend managers together, value versus growth, large cap versus small cap, essentially that creates you sort of, particularly in the UK, will create you four funds to select. So 
we're looking to select a fund in each of those four quadrants. The most important thing is we're looking to make sure that it's consistency of style and approach rather than consistency of performance. Uh, and when you look at Linzel Train, you're in the top right-hand corner, a bias towards growth, a bias towards large cap, a bias towards quality, uh, and then uh, with Fidelity Special Sits, you're in the bottom left-hand corner. So the sort of diagonal here uh, uh, as a good blend, a different way of managing money, uh, so more mid small cap orientated and more value driven. Okay, fantastic. I think that's all we've got time for today. So uh, as ever, John, thanks very much for your time, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you've uh, you, you found our uh, small journey into the world of cricket an interesting uh, look at the world of investment. Thanks very much, and we'll uh, see you next time.